0: Hello and welcome to the Slingshot Group podcast, where our co hosts bring keen insight to some of the most pressing issues facing nonprofit and church leaders today. Each episode features an in depth interview with thought leaders, ministry practitioners, executives, and artists who draw from their wealth of experiences to share valuable insights and lessons learned from the journey. And now, let's join our hosts for today's episode.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Slingshot Group Podcast. This is Brian Taylor, and can I tell you, it is so good to be with you today. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited to bring you today's conversation with Kelvin Ko. Kelvin is a gifted creative leader and creative pastor, and for over 30 years, he's been involved in the creative world, tackling everything from stage production to television and radio to marketing, social media, the web, and everything in between. And for the last 20-plus years, He's invested that creative brilliance and his strength as an organizational leader into the work and ministry of the local church Vance had a chance to sit down with Kelvin and talk about approaching ministry through the lens of a creative He shares some great insights and creative principles that can help each of us effectively lead through changing and challenging seasons of ministry before we jump in today, we just wanted to say a special thank you to each of you, our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to share this podcast with your friends and family and fellow leaders. Because of you, we recently celebrated over 10,000 downloads of the podcast. We could not do this without you, and we are so incredibly grateful to be a part of the story that God is writing in your life and your leadership. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and we are so excited about the future. The absolute best is yet to come. And with that, let's listen in to Vance's conversation today with Kelvin (music) Coe.
2: Well, welcome everybody. Today I have a very special guest, somebody that has been a longtime friend of mine, somebody who I've learned a ton from. And I thought when I'm starting a podcast, I got to get this guy on because, well, he's just so smart and uh, has a lot to share. So today I am pleased to introduce to you a good friend of mine who I worked with in the past. This is uh, Mr. Kelvin Ko. Kelvin, welcome to the podcast, man
3: thank you thank you vance and um uh, let me start off also by saying um you are a gift to the kingdom i'm very excited about this podcast you have served helped the big c church in in so many ways and i'm excited to have a a a small contribution i get to play in you expanding your voice expanding your impact uh, on the kingdom Thanks, Kelvin. I appreciate that, man. Of course.
2: Uh, Why don't you really quickly just to, you know, I think everybody by now knows what the topic is. They probably see it in the title. We're talking about principles of creativity. Give everybody just a snippet of, hey, why should we even pay attention to Kelvin and his ideas about uh, creativity? You are a master at this, but tell everybody what you do um, and, and where you serve right now.
3: Oh boy, I have um, had the privilege of doing what I do in terms of um, production, creativity, um, for about thirty years now. Um, I'm I'm an old man. I know. You I don't- started when
2: you were five. Uh,
3: thank you. <laughs> um, I've done TV, radio, theater um, production. Um, so for thirty years of doing some type of creative production. Um, work, um, you know, and 20 of those years have been in um, ministry, church. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been the creative arts pastor here at uh, Oaks Church in the Dallas area for the last 14 years.
2: Is yeah. it been 14 years?
3: It has been.
2: Wow. Yes. That's
3: incredible. Yeah. And, That's um, awesome. The, the saying the words 14 years elevates the, the sentiment of how much I miss you.
2: Yes, I know.
3: And it's
2: a lot. Kelvin and I worked together, so I was on staff. I was the children's pastor at Oaks Church. Kelvin, can you believe that it's been this year marks my 10-year anniversary that I've left 10 years ago? It, can you believe is that not wild?
3: Here's something else that's wilder. Uh, podcast audience, Vance was my son's kid's pastor. Yeah. He was my son's pastor. Uh-huh. Um, All the way up to his fifth grade before he transitioned to youth and in two weeks my wife and i uh, send him off to college
2: this is not right kelvin it's not right well thinking back to those days long long ago there are so many things that i learned from you then that really is what brought you to mind you had an one of the things i think that you are so gifted at Um, is the marriage of art and science. I think there's so many people that are artistic, they can create things, but they also, sometimes they struggle with the process. And so for our listeners today, my guess is, you know, we're recording this in late July, 2020. You know, we're in a, I hesitate to say post COVID, but middle COVID, the church has changed. There's been a, there's a BC, there's a new BC before COVID (laughs) where there you know, a split in time. Um, And now we're having to rethink ministry completely uh, how we approach adult ministry, family ministry, children's ministry, student ministry, everything has changed. And so for our listeners out there who are forced into a posture of creating something new because the old doesn't work, I'd love for you to share with us what are what are maybe some guiding principles that help bring some process, strategy to creation and creating art, creating something new. You ready? All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's let's do this.
3: I was not exempt from 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 getting comp completely destroyed and rattled when, um, you know, Corona hit. Yeah. I'm very grateful, extremely grateful for the timing of this powerful revelation from the Lord. Um, literally a couple of months going into Corona, which of course at that time I had no idea. Nobody right? did. Um, and, yeah. I mean, bizarro world. So um, Matthew 9, 16 to 17 says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth, on an old garment. For mm. the pet will pull away from the garment, making it yep. worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskin. If Yes, the skin, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wine skin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine skin into new wine into new wine skin, and both are preserved. That has has always been one of my favorite. Verses to use as a creative. Use right. yes. It's biblical, guys. We can't, can't do this stop. like this anymore. Two months before COVID hit was the first time God got my attention with that verse on the last phrase. And both are preserved. Mm, yeah. I'm always like, yes, I'm going to use this verse. I'm always excited about, all right, let's dominate the new. So what does that have to do with the answer to your question coming into this? Um, Figuring out, so why that came up for me was even before COVID hit, I was uh, working on a project that I call, you know, we were calling 167, right? Before corona hit, we all knew frequency of church attendance has been declining. Right. Yes. We know that there's 168 weeks to uh, 168 hours to a week, mm-hmm. um, and assuming people attended um, uh, church once a week, let's just say an hour, right? So we have one hour out of 168 hours a week to invest into someone's life and help them know right. Jesus. What right. about 167 hours of the week?
2: Yeah. Well, we wonder why are people walking away from their faith when we're, we're, we're putting
3: all of our stock in
2: that one hour yeah. and expecting that to be good enough? Yeah.
3: So um, I was very excited about that project because look, the, 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 to continue that, you know, the reality of it is if, if frequency of church attendance is on a decline, they're not attending once a week. If they're attending once every three weeks or a month, then the ratio is more like one to, not one to 167, but more like one to 400 500 right. so i bring that up just to go oh my gosh we need to innovate how do we have... so that we started uh, started a project called 167 how do we help people win 167 uh, through jesus 167 hours of the week if sunday was no longer a viable option that was yep. one of because i started swinging all the way to the other side of the pendulum. Let's mm-hmm. figure out, let's figure out online, people are not gonna come to church anymore, blah, 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 and all of that. And this verse punched me in the gut, in the heart, in the brain, like, ah, uh, it's new wineskin and old wineskin have their places, right? And both need to be preserved. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the somewhat practical, somewhat philosophical side of it is I had to go back to my roots. And anchor myself to how did I do, how, what are my principles as a creative for me to not go nuts over time? Mm-hmm. To- and mm-hmm. this helped me when we went into Corona and helped me now figure out as we're normalizing coming back to church and how to right. balance that in the new context. So, um, my, my, my creative. Philosophy, if you will, is anchored in the acronym S-C-A-T, SCAT. Okay, okay. And, um, the first, the, so S is stands for spiritual. It's spiritual leadership, creative leadership, artistic leadership, and technical leadership. Spiritual leadership, anchor. That mm. is the mm-hmm. most important anchor. Let's be honest. Vance, as a fellow creative... Come on, if we really want to tell stories and make films of it, it is way cooler, way, way cooler to do it in Hollywood and the advertising yeah. agency, right? They, they, they do cooler stuff. They
2: have a lot better budget, that's for sure.
3: Yes. And, you know, but um, we, we, we were called and we, were res- yeah. we, we, we responded to that call to serve Christ's bride if i am not solid in my spiritual foundation hearing from the lord with fresh revelation memorizing scripture consistently spending time getting to know my heavenly father more intimately every day Mm -hmm. uh, not attending services regularly just by you know what it's like yeah. every week. Oh, I'm, I'm at church. I'm in the control booth or I'm at front of house behind the sound console, but I'm checked out and I'm chattering yeah. with the tech and not engaged.
2: You can get so trapped in, in your relationship being what you're doing for God instead of being
3: with God. Yes, right? Um, then producing art is not targeted to the right thing anymore. Right. My heart is not overflowing with a fresh revelation from God. Now, one of the ways that that helped me galvanize that thought was one time I was teaching a class with my senior pastor, and I was floored by the way he introduced me to the class. Kelvin is our creative arts pastor, and he co-preaches the message with me every week. Wow. That was more than high praise to me. That was profound.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I see the depth and level of his spiritual leadership. Of course, he's the preacher. He needs to right. be, he needs to be studying. He needs to be reading the Bible. If I'm to co preach the message with him, I need to carry the same level of spiritual leadership and spiritual depth and fervor and leadership. Forget that we need to do that because we're Christ followers, duh. But more right. so, more so as, as, as a creative ministry leader, Right now, moving on to C, I'm going to hit C and A at the same time. I've intentionally separated um, Vans, the words creative and artistic because the word creative I have found have been irresponsibly been, what's the word, Um, butchered, um, Mm -hmm. muddied, right? Oh, somebody does PowerPoint. Oh, he's creative somebody you right. know, you know but so um like when, when I'm are you a,
2: saying that powerpoint isn't creative kelvin is that what you're inferring
3: yeah. oh there was no inference <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> um there was no wink wink hint hint there um yeah uh, like uh here's another way of explaining one of the ways i i i um look at people when when you know volunteers or interns or applicants is is this person more geek or artist I don't mean mm-hmm. that in a directory way. It helps me know the type, right? There are types because I find most people in ministry who end up doing creative stuff is they, um, they, they tend to be geeks. They're good at pushing buttons, they're good at fixing stuff. Oh, 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 because you run PowerPoint. Here we go, picking on PowerPoint again. You must be good at graphics. Right. Right. So I've learned that, you know, to cultivate that I have to be intentional. So I separate those two words out. Right. So this is how I separate it out in my, for me, when I lead or when I discipline myself, I separate it out by defining being creative as making things better Okay. to be creative means making things better to be artistic means making things more beautiful. Mm. Therefore, creative is about problem solving is about strategy right that's a very important skill right i'm not saying one person's one or the other i'm saying these are skill sets that right. need to be it's intent- a
2: different approach
3: right and then so i can be one person but if i'm intentional in developing both and working both then the art that we produce is more potent mm. So it's not mm. just Ooh, I like it, and it has this vibe. What is it? What problem is the art strategically solving, right? I'm gonna use my artistic skills to make a beautiful video, beautifully composed shots, um, you know, powerful, compelling storytelling. But creative leadership—if I'm intentional with that—then what is this supposed to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Marrying both. absolutely powerful. And then letter T is technical leadership, especially nowadays, especially as all churches learned in COVID. We cannot meet in person anymore. Technology just became super top priority. If you were ahead or behind, you knew very clearly. Oh yeah, you felt it. We're at the mercy of technology. Every art form, music, visuals, um, you know, now it just requires a command of of the technology. You don't have to be like a a coder, if you will, or be able to build an amplifier or, you know, um, but we have no choice around that. So the foundation of those four things, right, um, help in, you know, as an artist, as a creative, right, stay anchored, old wine skin. Stay anchored in old wineskins. That's good. Yeah. Preserve it. That's the foundation for creating the new. We are all needing to figure out how to do ministry anew. Yeah. Right? Um, it's no longer for those of us who are back on campus of physical brick and mortar, we're now needing to figure out how to do both because it's right. down to you know, 15, 20%, 30%, um, well, which means most of our congregation still online. How do we do that? We need to right. get-
2: how do you meet both needs effectively?
3: Creative, artistic. So we're, pres- we're needing to figure out how to preserve both.
2: You know, one of the things that I found in the creative process we're usually when we have to create or make something new, it's because we're facing a problem. COVID is a great instance of this where, okay, we have a massive problem ahead of us. And as a creative, we, I mean, whether you're a leader, you have to create your way out of this because the the old doesn't work. How do you combat that initial sense of being overwhelmed with a problem and how do you begin to untangle all the knots to begin to know what do, where do I where do I begin creating? Where do I begin strategizing in, you know, is it is it the spiritual, is it the creative, is it, is it none of these at all? How do you kind of stop from being overwhelmed and paralyzed and untangle it and take one issue and problem at a time?
3: The most foundational to continue the the, the scripture anchor that we 're using the most foundational old wineskin piece, regardless of corona, not corona fifteen hundreds eighteen hundreds two thousands, has not changed right more and better disciples period mm-hmm. it 's still about evangelism it 's still about winning souls it 's still about taking those new believers and strengthening them in the relationship with Jesus. That is still always my go-to, um, when I'm rattled, when I'm freaking out. Oh, the mandate, the commission never changes regardless of our cool vision statement and all that. It has not changed from 5,000 every week to when we open up again, 600 people came doesn't matter is it disheartening am i am i completely you know like (gasps) what just happened to my reality uh you betcha yes yeah so step one the mandate has not changed Mm -hmm. i still need every week every week it's still about how can we win souls How can we pour into people? And then step two is, all right, I need to frame the right questions around the new context. Yes. Who's my audience? What's their context? How are they doing life now? How are they devouring content, consuming content now? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, What's not allowed? What's allowed? Right. So, Obviously um, during those weeks that we couldn't meet in person, obviously the the computer, the smart TV online was the questions. All right. So define what the givens are and now ask the right questions and then start. I call it, I think this was one of our conversations uh, from, from, you know, many years ago is I call it, I need to know what the size of my canvas is. Yes. It doesn't matter if my canvas is 50 foot wide and 200 feet tall. Well, that yep, poses yep. its own problems if my canvas size is one inch by one inch that now that i know it, you know obviously that's a painting metaphor canvas size includes people time manpower context mm-hmm. um and all of that as soon as i know see most artists that i know the good ones wink wink <laughs> um hey as soon as they know the scope Oh, it's like, here we go. Here we yeah, go. They let's get a vision. Solve. Yeah, this is where C and A comes into gear. All right, creative creative leadership kick into gear. Now that I know the problem, now that I know the tools that I have to work with, I'm going to solve the problem within my Givens. Yes and then once I have the, the key solutions, then the artist kicks in,
2: yeah, let's do this, make it beautiful. Yeah. One of the things you just hit on is another thing that I think you are so good at, Kelvin, and I'd love to see if you can unpack this for us, but the art of asking a question. Okay. You, know, you know, how do you, you know, that why, and there's several layers. There's you, you, I've been around you enough to know it's almost as if you have a layering of question. One question gives you some, but then there's an, an, another deeper level of question. How do you approach whether it's a problem or trying to, you know, I I know you've done this for me when I'm feeling like, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. And you step into a room and just by asking the right set of questions can help unlock where we need to go. So sometimes it's not even, I've seen you do it where it's not even you leading, it's you supporting a leader unpacking and asking the right questions to help bring that clarity so what is your process about you know asking a question and how do you form the the right question to ask
3: okay uh two-part answer right um this is a leadership podcast so we as leaders asking questions is really not that hard yeah, like you just automatically know what the right questions are right away. What's the goal? Who's the target audience? And all of that. What I've learned over, so, sorry. First part answer is trust your leadership instincts to ask the goal-oriented questions. Mm-hmm. Right? As leaders, I'm making an assumption here. And also in the interest of time, I'm making an assumption that leaders are goal-oriented. Yep. And once you ask the goal question, the following questions will well, you know, the, the, what's we'll... the
2: end in mind? What's our target? And we yeah. can back out from there.
3: Yeah. Now, here's a, if I may, a secret sauce thing that I've discovered. The, The end in mind and all of that, that's just my perspective. Mm-hmm. I've trained myself over the last several years to ask a different perspective of questions. I call it being the user's advocate. If mm-hmm. I was, if, who's my target audience? Let's just say a uh, 35 year old male who, I'll make something up right now, um, who is afraid, um, whose job just, you know, uh, who just got furloughed. Da-da-da-da. So, he, what, what do I want him to do? I want him to tune in, you know, uh, watch and then respond. Yep. Now, if I was him, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm, I do my best now to be the user's advocate. You know, um, sometimes I, I explain it this way. I'm like Jekyll and Hyde, right? I'm Jekyll and Hyde. I'm Dr. Jekyll. I ask the right, smart, intelligent leadership questions. Okay, I'm done with that. I got the questions, you know, written down. Chances are, because I'm Dr. Jekyll and I'm a leader, coming up with the answers to those questions isn't that hard. Yeah i like using the jekyll and hyde because what's Hyde like
0: mm-hmm.
3: nuts defies all the rules that's the reality of it right right um he can click off anytime mm-hmm. right yeah he's probably just thumbing through probably got bored or i think he's watching but he's actually in the bathroom or in the kitchen making a sandwich mm-hmm. right not paying attention you know so, so I found that the most powerful questions are shaped by marrying the doctor, Dr. Jekyll. Me as a leader, these are the wise questions to ask. And then I go nuts on the other side. If I was the user, how am I feeling? What do I need? What do I want? What will it take? Why why would I care? Right. Sadly, most of the answers to the question of why would I care and then looking at the answers I came up with as Dr. Jekyll, are, I actually don't care about those things Right, and tend to be very revealing. That I found to be an important habit and discipline to protect me from myself and keep myself honest, especially because I'm a leader and I think I'm wise. And then when I go Mr. Hyde on myself and I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times we get caught in the leadership bubble and we get so enthralled in this new idea or this new approach that we even forget that it's, it's not about us because it is so personal and, and it's, but how, who we're affecting, it's not us. It's not about us. And it goes back to what you said earlier. This is about building disciples of Christ and, and keep them in mind, the user in mind, who who our audience is, uh, that's fascinating. Um, Kelvin, as we kind of wrap things up, what would be a one thought of encouragement, inspiration for a leader out there that is facing some uncertainty, change, Uh, probably a season that has been obviously uncomfortable and challenging and in even unknowns that lie ahead, what encouragement would you give um, our leaders out there?
3: It is so easy to look at what we do and go, Oh yeah, I'm doing kingdom work and this is ministry and this, all of that. Um, And, and, um, the, the encouragement I would share is this. Imagine the day that you're eyeball to eyeball with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to imagine Jesus going. Vance, Woo! That, that video that you edited for Easter 2012? Oh, gosh. Wow. Whoa. Oh. Oh, dude. Remind <laughs> This is a job, like, for those of you who are, quote, unquote, professional Christians who work for the church or ministry, it's a job. Our responsibility to Jesus is to do our job well, whether it's in accounting Mm -hmm. or headhunting, staffing, or church or nonprofit, we need to represent him well. Yeah but regardless of what's happening regardless of how well your videos or your graphics or being creative or leadership is going how are you doing in your well done good and faithful servant Yeah, personally please do not ever 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 lose sight of that
2: yeah that's powerful keeps us grounded um and internal it's really what you're talking about that's having an internal perspective. This is not this, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in the finite and in in, in this world, but we're living for another world, um, another reality. And we're planning on the whole goal is taking as many people as we can with us. Kelvin, this has been insightful and exciting and fun. Ah, You blew my mind. I knew you would. Um, If people out there, want to follow you learn more about you uh how can they social media stalk you or find out more about what you're doing and uh just more about you how can people get in touch with you
3: uh kelvin co on instagram
2: kelvin co on instagram all right thank you so much kelvin thank you for your time this has been invaluable and i know it's been helpful thanks everybody for listening and. Uh, We'll catch you next time.
4: Man, I loved that interview with Kelvin. I, I, he's he's one of those guys that you kind of just want to like, you know, like explore his mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like just sit with oh, him for yeah. a little while and it see It might be a dangerous happens. place though. It seems like it would be a <laughs> dangerous place, but magical, you know? I, yes. I, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Uh, I'm David Miller. I'm here with Vance Martin. Hey guys and keith robinson hey everybody and uh and we're just going to kind of talk about some of our takeaways from that interview vance um seems like you and kelvin have known each other for a while i love that you guys worked yeah. together um, yeah you know it, it felt like he had some dirt on you that he wanted oh he's got say. dirt yeah i think i have dirt to
2: too say- though it's you know have you ever heard of mutually assured destruction yeah, that's yeah. that kind of quantifies kelvin and i's relationship i love it no i'm just it. kidding uh kelvin he he is kind of like that wizard, uh you know, man behind the curtain. Like there's so much mystery to mm-hmm. him. He's so smart. You know, I've been in ministry and around church for really my whole life. There's nobody that is able to tackle issues and problems and get people in a room and facilitate problem solving like Kelvin. He is so gifted. Um, and, and you know, just reflecting back on that ep- that, uh, that interview, he said so many good things. Um, and one thing that kind of stands out to me, and I think we miss this so many times as church leaders, we get overwhelmed with a problem. Uh, we get overwhelmed with an issue and we focus on, you know, how, how do we, how do we fix the, the fruit of this issue? Like we have this symptom and how am I going to fix this symptom and I think the antidote to that is when he was talking about being the, the, the user's advocate mm-hmm. and to think, think about problems and challenges, not as well, you know in the negative problems, we have this, this is, this is what's happening. So what's the linear solution that we can come to fix this or what system do we need? And to back out of that and say, we're here to serve people, mm-hmm. and especially in the church and the nonprofit. I, we exist to connect people with Jesus, to help them grow in their faith, and I think so many times we just get so caught up in our the system of the church mm-hmm. that we forget about the churches, the people, because this is our yeah. job, this is what we do for a living, and so it affects us differently than them, and we just forget about the people that we're called to serve so many times. So yeah. I think that that was huge wisdom in you know create. Creative problem solving.
4: Absolutely. I I think that that is more true now than ever. You know, in yeah. in in the midst of COVID, where everything has changed. And again, I, you know, even as I say that sentence, I'm even getting tired of hearing that sentiment, you know, over and over. Everything has yes. changed. Nothing is the same. But here's but here's the reality. The reality is there's nothing um Like, we're all trying to get back to what was, like, as I'm talking to church leaders, Mm -hmm. it seems like they're trying to, they're longing for the day, they're trying to get back to the day when we can all do the thing we've always done. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it through the lens of a creative and what, what Kelvin was saying, we just say, what right now, what right now does the end user need? Yeah. What? How do we advocate for the people in our churches, or you know, even even better, sometimes the people not in our churches, who are right. looking for hope, who need to understand more about what this this whole Jesus thing is, and yet we're kind of just running the same playbook, but on video. Yeah. And I'm so I'm so interested. At, you know, I, I get I get really like hyped up when I'm listening to and talking with um church leaders who are coming at it from a creative perspective how are you creatively solving this problem with the end user in mind man that to me is is going to be a huge deal as this continues to move forward and we we don't know when it's going to stop and the reality is as we get to a point where i'll be honest i don't want to go back to what was Like I want to go back, Right. I want some semblance of normalcy, don't get me wrong, it'd be great to be able to meet again, and I'm really excited about that, but I don't want to lose the thing we've learned in this season, where we can really kind of bring some new thought to the table for the first time in a really long time in the local
5: church. And I love that he really seemed to touch on that. Yeah, it was so good to hear how ministries have led through this season, and to see how they have approached ministry differently through the lens of creativity. Mm -hmm. And Vance, I thought you asked a really great question and how do we untangle the knots when you feel overwhelmed or paralyzed by whatever problem it is you're facing. And of course, COVID is the most extreme case of that. Mm. But I want to go back to something that Kelvin said that I think really sort of underpins everything else. And that was the sense of weight that he carries for his church and yeah. in the interview, he referenced a, a, a story where he was with his senior pastor and they were in a room and they were co teaching. And when the senior pastor introduced Kelvin, he said, This is Kelvin, our creative arts pastor. He co preaches the message with me every week. Yeah. So big. So big. And it, it, two things that I immediately heard one, I mean, here, th- these are the ingredients of a great team, of a, d- a dynamic team someone that understands and values the creativity of the other person, but also giving them the weight and the responsibility responsibility to be a co-laborer and to be an equal in contribution and effort. I just thought was a beautiful picture, both for the senior leader who is working with creatives, but also for the creative who wants to make a difference Mm -hmm. and wants to feel as though what they're creating every week is making a difference. That was such a great word. And I hope that it hit everyone else like it did me. Just this sense of, wow, there really is a level of weight to the work that I get to do every week.
2: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that, Keith. And I would even expand it beyond, yes, Kelvin is co-preaching the message. but he, and, and, and that's amazing that that was said and that he felt that. Some people may not have ever heard that. Um, and there may be people that are associates or support or, you know, working in a church. And I would say if you're a student pastor, you're co preaching the message. If you're the worship pastor, you're co preaching the message. If you're a children's director, you're co preaching uh, the message. And so we have that weight, whether it's recognized or not. We are. You know, moving that the the message forward and are a part of the same the same vision. But I think for even people listening to this podcast, that that heart of I'm not it's not about me and what I'm saying. There are so many people that are a support and are a piece of the message uh, that that we're that we're sending. We I think we underestimate the weight that we have as uh, support leaders and pastors. and We also, as a senior leader, underestimate the weight and the support that the people that serve with us have also on our teams. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, that's huge. I I think that if more leaders really took on that weight for themselves, I mean, because we we interact with- Ownership. it, it is. It's, I mean, and, and, you know, there's a book, I mean, called Radical Ownership. I mean, it's, I mean, to have, to have radical ownership of not only your department, your ministry, what, what is, what is right in front of you, but to feel the weight of what's happening in the church in such a way that it, I mean, that, that really it, it, it captures your attention. Um, I, I, it's, it's far too easy for this to just become a job. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's far too easy for this to become a job. Uh, you know, as I, as I, even when I'm coaching people who are like in the midst of maybe being in like a season of complaining, um, you know, they feel undervalued under resourced. There's all these things that are happening and it really, again, it comes down to, man, I don't feel like my boss, it, you know, sees me and it feels like it's a job. If it's a calling, if we're able to lean into it, you know, the way that Kelvin was able to lean in and just say, this is, this is truly about bringing, um, you know, bringing people to Jesus. You know, this is about yeah. creating more and better disciples. This is about something so much bigger than we, than we want or even, even thought we were getting into. To me, it's, 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 it's very easy to forget that. And to get into this place of mm, it's you know, it's just my, I just got to clock in and clock out. I don't feel that same weight. And I just don't think that things get accomplished with that mentality, not not the way that we would want it to. And I think that's where Calvin has Kelvin has really been able to kind of lean in and that was that was a huge takeaway for me um, was was the weight that he was really talking through.
2: One of the things he also said ties into that, Um, I think he talks about regardless of like how well your videos are, how well the creativity you're doing, how awesome the graphics are, or, you know, expand that out beyond communications, how well your children's ministry is, your student, how well the worship set, but is it how well are you doing and you're well done, a good and faithful servant. Right. And I think that's where it comes to that back to the ownership of the weight of How am I being faithful with what God has given me that's contributing to the mission of the church?
5: Right. And I think within that, that framework, creativity thrives. If you've ever been in a place where you're burned out and sort of at your wits end, it's not a creative place to be. Nobody
4: listening has ever felt that way, Keith. (laughs) I mean, that's ridiculous.
5: Right. And and certainly in this season, um, it's the one thing that I consistently hear as I talk with, pastors and leaders, um, especially a lot of them in the creative space in this season are just feeling sort of overwhelmed. Um, And I think a lot of them flexed in a creative way that they didn't even know they could, Mm -hmm. um, but they had to. And so now sort of on the backside of this, you know, we did it, we did an episode seven months ago, guys, on this, you know, pandemic and how churches can respond. It's It's unbelievable. Yeah, and think about the amount of effort, energy, and just mental, uh, you know, sort of, you know, strength that it's taken for people to endure and to create and to move to online strategies and now to start to try to reintegrate. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is a lot of, of overwhelmed leaders out there today. And so Kelvin's word could not be more timely i think yeah. just in in the sense of are we living for that well done good and faithful servant moment and promise that we all uh, sort of signed up for
4: yeah and i and i think as as we continue to talk about this it's funny and, and and you just did this and this isn't 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 to call it out but it's i this is what i keep hearing we're in the middle or we're at the end of this pandemic we're coming to the other side we're, we don't know that we we have no idea what this next step is going to be, and I and and I think that's and that's why again I think we even said it seven months ago. I think we talked about how we're you know as we get to the other side of this, and 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 so it could go on a lot longer. It could be a fairly short period of time. What I what I love about this reminder from Kelvin is um, it takes creativity to solve complex problems, and we're yeah. in the midst of a complex problem. Now here's the thing. It's someone else's problem to solve COVID. It's someone else's problem to to put the the vaccine together and to make it so that we can, you know, get back to that semblance of normalcy that we've talked about and to actually get to the other side. And that's really, really good. It is our problem to figure out how to reach people in the midst of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to be creative. The only way to do that is to come at it from different angles, to have the end user in mind, to, to, you know, he talks about even this Jekyll and Hyde way that he, you know, will ask questions. And we talk a lot about questions here at Slingshot Group. I mean, you know, I mean, it's gonna take coming at it from an angle that you never even thought of before to really solve this. And if it truly takes creativity to solve complex problems, we are in the midst of one heck of a problem right now in the church. And we're gonna need our creatives to lean in with us, we need to listen more and understand how to come out of the other side of this stronger uh, and with with again with a brand new vision for what's going to be happening. And so, you know what I what I'd love as we as we come to kind of our our, our next portion of the podcast before we get into our improv leadership moment, and you should stick around and listen to that. Um, you know, a little bit of a call out. We would love to hear from you, like as a listener. You know, in the in in ministry, how are you being creative? How are you creatively solving the problems that you're running into? We wanna hear from you. We wanna dive in a little bit deeper. We're actually gonna even um, do some interviews with uh, a few church leaders from across the country in different sized churches, different parts of the country um, and really start to understand a little bit more of their creative process. How are they solving some of these problems? Um, we're really looking forward to those episodes coming up as well. Um, guys, this is so fun doing this with you. I, I, yeah. I love getting to do the podcast. I, I I mean, uh by the time this comes out, this will be a little bit later, but but a little in in episode celebration, uh, we just hit 10,000 downloads. I don't know if you guys I mean 10, that's 10 crazy K. Pretty um, sure
2: nine thousand of those were my mom though. So
4: correct, correct. <laughs> I kept seeing her name come up, and yeah, I wasn't going to say that. She's pretty obsessed with
2: the podcast and yeah. me. But well, that's good, momming. It's an accomplishment. That's it's good, an accomplishment, yeah. guys. This is so good.
4: We love, we love putting this out. Hopefully, it's helpful to you as a ministry leader. Um, Maybe even like hit us up, let us know some of the things that you'd love to hear about, and some of the leaders you'd love us to interview. Um, Let's get into our improv leadership moments. <laughs>
6: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to that part of the episode that we're calling Improv Leadership Moments. Leadership is not just a series of tasks that we're responsible for doing. It's an art that involves imagination, that requires innovation, and demands an emotional engagement that at times calls for improvisation. Only the best leaders can truly improv. At Slingshot Group, Our co-founder and chief culture officer, Stan Endicott, and vice president of coaching, David Miller, developed the improv leadership coaching model to help leaders build trust, encourage risk-taking, increase collaboration, and promote creativity. Improv leadership is based on five leadership competencies that leaders can develop to initiate powerful conversations and create memorable, life-changing moments for their teams. So, without further delay... Let's jump into today's Improv Leadership Moment.
2: Well, let's dive into another competency. The third competency is metaphor cementing. And, you know, when I think about this one, I think of Jesus and how he, mm-hmm. the parables that he shared mm-hmm. are metaphors. It's taking real life things and connecting concepts that are sometimes hard for people to understand, but using The power of story, of metaphor, to help people connect complex things and simplify them. And Stan, this is something that you do with ease. In fact, that was, I was thinking, before I met Stan, I remember, David, you telling me about Stan. story about him in a cockpit or something. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's the, that's the story yeah. of, I don't want to tell you about Stan. It was about Stan using, using a, metaphor. a metaphor. That's right. That was how you described, hmm. uh, Stan. So guys unpack for us, metaphor cementing. What does that mean?
4: Yeah. Again, Stan, I, I, I think you, I mean, you're a metaphor a minute guy. I mean, you're, you're always telling stories, uh, and using imagery. And so talk a little bit about that, Stan, like what, how do you come up with some of these metaphors? Why do you come up with some of these metaphors? How do you see that work in, in your leadership?
7: I think I started using metaphors when I was a little boy because I grew up in a little village of 300 people, and it was all railroad workers. My grandpa worked on the railroad, and and everybody in our little town that I grew up in, everybody cussed and smoked non-filtered chesterfields non filter camels it's just this awesome little town
4: it's on the sign as you drive in yep. the town you're going and to everyone filter, here you're gonna everyone everyone here, here. Yeah. yeah
7: and i'm to this day when i smell secondhand smoke I go oh it's so awesome home sweet home, home again yes. it's so good <laughs> it's so good but i remember all the stories that people told me as a little boy growing up in a little story town is is kind of like what i grew up in I can remember my dad telling me, using metaphors all the time. He told me this. He flew Hellcats when he was 21 years old out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean (laughs) on a Steamer Bay aircraft carrier, which is a little small aircraft carrier, about half the size of today's aircraft carriers. Hmm. And they would always have to turn the ship in a direction into the wind because what gives an an aircraft lift is the wind going over the wing causes a vacuum underneath, and then it causes the, the airplane to rise. So you have to go into the wind to take off. That's still the case today. So my dad was telling me, you know, when he would begin to land his airplane on the, on the aircraft carrier, the, the, the front of the, uh, the aircraft carrier would, uh, in rough seas mm. would go up 30, 40 feet. And so you had to pay attention big time, okay? Time it just right. You had to time it. And he said to me, he said, son, and any time my dad said, son, I knew something was about awesome about to happen. He said, maybe this will help you in life, son. He said, make sure that when you face headwind, that your wings are pointed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me, and that was one of the, first ones I can remember my dad telling me is like, life is going to be tough, but if you're pointed in the right direction, don't be worried. You're going to get the lift out of that headwind anyway. So I, my whole life was about, was about metaphors. I find it to be a great tool to help people like me who aren't pretty smart, but not really smart. So you use a metaphor to catapult you into the next level of communication and the next level of uh, really relating to people. A metaphor for a pastor or a communicator, every job at any church, the person is saddled with communicating in some way. So having the ability to use metaphors is a huge advantage. Well, thank
0: you for joining us for today's episode of the Slingshot Group Podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged by the content and found these conversations meaningful. The best way to stay informed about the Slingshot Group Podcast is by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love your feedback. Also, be sure to visit us at singshotgroup.org to find out more about how we build remarkable teams through staffing and coaching. That's all the time we have for today. Until next time.